Saturday, the 5th of July, 1952. Sean Ross Abbey, Ross Cray, County Tipperary, Ireland. Sister Annunciata cursed the electric. Whenever there was thunder and lightning, it flickered so desperate it was worse than the old paraffin lamps, and tonight they needed all the light they could get. She was trying to run, but her feet were catching in a habit and her hands were shaking. Hot water slopped from the enamel bowl onto the stone flags of the darkened corridor. It was all right for the others. All they had to do was pray to the Virgin, but Sister Annunciata was expected to do something practical. The girl was dying, and no one had a clue how to save her. In the makeshift surgery above the chapel, she knelt by the patient and whispered encouragement. The girl responded with a half-smile, and something mumbled, incomprehensible. A lightning flash lit up the room. Annunciata pulled up the covers to shield the girl from the blood on the sheets. Annunciata was barely older than her patient. Both of them were from the country, both from the depths of Limerick. But she was the birth sister, and people were expecting her to do something. In the chapel below, she could hear Mother Barbara gathering the girls, ordering them to pray for the Magdalene upstairs, a sinner like them who was dying. The disembodied voices sounded distant and harsh. Annunciata squeezed the girl's hand and told her to take no notice. She lifted the patient's white linen gown and wiped her legs with the warm water. The baby was visible now but it was the child's back she could see, not the head. She'd heard about breech births. Another hour and she knew mother and baby would both be dead. The fever was setting in. The patient was flushed, her speech reduced to quick, stumbling phrases. Don't let them put him in the ground. It's dark down there. It's cold down there. Her blue eyes were wide with panic, her jet-black hair stark against the white pillow. Sister Annunciata bent down and wiped the girl's brow. The girl had no idea what was happening to her. She'd had no visitors since she arrived, and that was nearly two months ago. Her father and brother had put her in the nun's care, and now the nuns were going to let her die. Annunciata thanked God that it wasn't herself lying there, but she was a practical girl from a farming family. She gripped the baby's flesh it was warm and alive. Mother Barbara said sinners deserve no painkillers, and the girl was screaming, screaming for her baby. Don't let them bury him. They're burying him in the convent. With her strong fingers, and then with the hard steel forceps, Annunciata pushed and twisted the tiny body. It moved reluctantly, loath to abandon sensuous warmth. A gush of pale red liquid spilled onto the white sheet. Annunciata had found the baby's head. Now she was pulling it steadily forward, dragging a new life into God's world. Sister Annunciata was twenty-three. She had been Annunciata for five years. Before that, she had been Mary Kelly, one of the Limerick Kellys, one of seven. The night the priest came, he had sat for a drink and commiserated with old Mr. Kelly on the ill luck that had denied him sons. After the third whisky, he had leaned forward and said quietly, No, Tom, 
I know you love the girls, and what better could you be doing for them than look after their futures? Surely, Tom, you can spare one of them for God. Five years later, here she was, Sister Annunciata, spared for God. For the next few days, whenever Annunciata was with the little one, she nursed him as if he were her own. It was she who had delivered him, saved him, launched him into the light. He had been christened Antony at her suggestion, and she felt they had a special bond. When he cried, she comforted him. When he was hungry, she longed to feed him. The boy's mother was called Marcella by the nuns. In here, no one was allowed to use their real name. Abandoned by her family, she clung to Annunciata. In turn, Annunciata gave Marcella comfort, reassuring her that she...